If you've been wishing, hoping, and dreaming about taking your business from six figures to multi-six figures or multi-six figures to seven figures, then I wanna make sure you get our new free guide, the multi-six and seven-figure scaling roadmap. Inside the guide, I pulled back the curtains and I shared all the strategies that I used and they can help you too. First, they can help you triple your monthly sales. I shared proven strategies with you that led to a 3X increase in my monthly sales. Second, I show you exactly how to crush your limiting beliefs. Say goodbye to doubts like, you can't charge that much and there aren't enough ideal clients for you too. Third, how to only work with ideal clients. I show you how to become the go-to expert and attract only the perfect clients and referrals. And finally, I show you how to quantum leap to $20,000 plus every single month. I show you exactly how to take a quantum leap from 8,000 per month, for example, to 20,000 a month. You can absolutely break through your upper limit barrier and enjoy five and six figure months every single month. Make 2024 your dream come true year by downloading your free guide today. Just click the link in the show notes below. Welcome to Double Your Sales, your resources to selling strategies, tips, and best practices to take your performance to the next level. There's no reason you can't double your sales. So let's get to it with your sales coach, Ursula Menches. Hi, everybody. Welcome to Double Your Sales Now, where you learn all the tips, mindset, shifts, tools, and strategies to two times your sales in any niche. I'm your host, Ursula Minches. Super excited to have you all back today. Thank you for listening. We're getting tons of emails. The reviews are coming in very quickly. We're excited about the just the amazing feedback that we're getting. And thank you for letting us know that it's really helping you. I've heard from some of you saying that you know, you were having one of the worst days in your business. You listened to the podcast and it helped you keep going. I've heard others say that you were scared to get out there and sell and it's been really really keeping you held back. And just by listening to one podcast, you've been out and your sales are growing. So that's what we want to hear. Definitely keep those coming. Um, so we know that what we're doing is making a difference because that's that's why we're doing it. And today I'm super excited about my guest. I've interviewed Greg before. Greg Kuhn is here today. and uh, But he's done a lot of things since I interviewed him last time. So I'm excited to really find out what he's been up to. So Greg Kuhn, um, he has been writing about optimizing the human experience for the past 17 years. He's a professional educator and the author of the best-selling Why Quantum Physicist series, which is how I learned about him. And his most recent book, The 30-Minute Soulmate, was published just a couple of weeks ago, which I read. I wrote a review right away because it was amazing. So Greg specializes in teaching you to empower yourself and experience more of what you want. And he's an expert at helping you just buy through those beliefs and get to that next level. So Greg, welcome to our show today. Wow, Ursula, thank you. I, I think with such a nice introduction, maybe you should just do all the talking. <laughs> Thanks a <laughs> no lot. Way. Uh, no way. Uh, yeah, no, I've, well, I've been looking to forward to this here. too. I've read all of your books and they've each one has been inspiring and motivational in a new way. And I've learned a lot, especially in the realm of quantum physics. And, you know, you inspired parts of the belief zone, my next book. In fact, on our last interview, one of the things you said to me was, you know, Ursula, we don't have to understand all of the science, but we can still help people apply what we know and help them through the beliefs. And not only did that stick with me, but I've shared that a million times. I don't know if you remember us having that conversation or not. Of course, I remember every single word. <laughs> no, thank you for that compliment. I've, and, and you know what? Right back at you. Uh, you that conversation played a role in publishing uh, 
my, my next to last book and our ongoing conversation when you reach back out to me just now is inspiring my next one so I, i'm happy to be here and, and always happy to interact with you that's awesome well thank you for sharing that and so i know you've been a best-selling author you know you have your own business um but when you first launched your business or any business what limiting beliefs did you have in the beginning about sales or selling if any no it, it, absolutely i i thought i was bothering people I didn't believe that I was doing something valuable enough for people's money. And consequently, I often said no for a prospect before they even had a chance to respond. Self-defeating. Mm-hmm. So that's interesting. And I know for people who are listening, we, we can all relate to that at some point, you know, talk, like talking someone out of it or how, how did it show up for you, Greg? Because I think for people who are listening, like they, they want to know, like, how did that show up? And then um, a little bit maybe about what you did to shift it back then. Yeah, absolutely. I, it showed up in oftentimes when I talk to people about my content about what it was that I was selling. Uh, I felt apologetic uh, and that energy uh, came across loud and clear. It, 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 mm -hmm. was, uh, it was like starting, you know, three lengths behind in a race. And, uh, and, I, and I was putting myself back there. So it was very discouraging. And it, and it, was, it was really difficult for me to uh, wind my way out of in some respects. Uh, it took some actions on my part. Uh, I, I, what, where it really changed for me is when I did my first Kindle book giveaway for my very first book. That's a book called Why Quantum Physicists Don't Get Fat. My sales doubled almost immediately afterward, which to me seemed counterintuitive. Giving a book away led to a doubling of sales. Now, bear in mind, at that point, doubling my sales didn't really represent a tremendous amount at that time. But Really, it's what launched my career as an author. Giving opened the door for me. I love that. Well, and every double counts. I had a client who just joined us and started at zero, and she's like, you know, I have, I've increased by 2,000%. I go, it all counts. It all counts. So, um, so, so think back, and, and I love, you know, in the realm of you being an author, because I know you're a best-selling author, but when did you double your book sales? Let's go there. When did you double your book sales for the first time? And after you did that, what did you believe about sales and selling that? And I think you've already touched on that a little bit, but I'd love to hear a little more. Yeah, Ursula, I got advice from, you know, we, we all love mentors. Mentors, you know, they're, I've found that they're always there for me uh, if I'm open to them, uh, I got advice from a mentor to do this giveaway on Amazon, and and I did, and it worked, and it did what she said it would do, and it did uh, double my sales, and it gave me this momentum, and really, Ursula, what it did, it, it, it helped me believe that it was possible to sell a lot of books, which was really cool. I also began to believe that people might want to hear what I have to say. <laughs> they might even want to learn from me. And really, those beliefs have been the bedrock of my writing career. They're, they're I would call them my foundation, and I, and, and I would still call them that. Excellent. And so along that same line, so if you could identify your number one limiting belief, and I know you talk a lot about beliefs, but 
you know, sort of the before and after of, you know, really selling a lot of books. What was that, if you can remember, that number one limiting belief that you changed that you felt like really launched you forward? Yeah, that's a great question, Ursula. I I would say here's, here's, here's where I am today looking back on it. I believe today that people want to share their money with me when I am of value to them. And the more value I am, the more money people will enjoy sharing with me. So by deconstructing that statement, uh, I would say that my number one limiting belief was that I, or what I was providing, wasn't valuable enough to pry money away from people. And that's how I looked at it back then. Today, I know I can be a a vessel of great value. You, you know this, and we've talked about this, and you talk about this a lot. Money is energy, and money is a thing. You know, it's a material object. I enjoy money. It's very important to me. And you know what? I love giving money to people who are valuable to me. And in turn, I also love receiving money from people I'm valuable to. That is so powerful. I'm just, I want that to sink in for everybody who's listening, because as you were saying that I just saw the infinity symbol and the flow of, you know, giving money to receive value and receiving money to give value. And when we have that, that flow happening in our lives, it's a really, really beautiful thing. So thank you for sharing that. And Greg, I know you talked a little bit about book sales. I'm not sure, um, do you have any other, you know, one or two other strategies that you'd like to share regarding how you've doubled your sales in the past that might be really useful to our listeners? Yes, definitely, Ursula. In fact, I'd like to share some two really practical things that somebody could start doing right now uh, within their business, within a business realm, but also in, in every aspect of their life. The first one is to focus on giving money more joyously. And what I mean by that is treating money that way, giving it more joyously. It, it helps me believe that I can receive it that way. It helps me believe I can receive more of it. And now what, what I'm talking about here is specifically seeing more value in the things I spend money on helps me see more value in the things I receive money for. And I'll give an example. When I pay our gas and electric bill, I don't say most of the time, well, there goes another $300, you know, as if Mm -hmm. our checking account needed that. Instead, I say, you know what? I'm really happy that we've had a comfortable home the last month. And to be honest, it's a joy to reward the folks who provided that to us because that experience has been immensely valuable. We can do that. We can all do that. And that subtle shift pays big dividends because we, if we are actively you know, espousing negative messages when we give money or pay money, how does that reinforce when we receive money? And also want to suggest this. Here's a second strategy. 
once again, a very practical thing that someone can do starting right now, I would say create a Mount Rushmore of things that tell you about the value of what you're doing. We all know about Mount Rushmore. There are four presidents, you know, uh, faces carved into that mountain. And here's the thing. Of the four things that you select that will indicate to you how valuable what you're creating or producing or selling is, make money one of those four things and make it just as important as the other three presidents that you choose to put on Mount Rushmore. Now, here's the key. Don't make it more valuable than the other three, but also don't make it less valuable than the other three. And what I found is that this measure or this method of measuring value of what I'm selling does two things. It helps me be more honest with myself about how important money is because I don't know about you, but when I'm worried about how many sales I'm going to make, a lot of times I've been known to downplay and negate the importance of money. And that's not honest, but it Mm -hmm. also helps me keep it in perspective. I can safely uh, focus on the importance of it, but it's not the most important thing. I know that there are three other measures of value that are equally as important. I found that that in in any, in fact, in my marriage, in my parenting, it, you know, in my work, in public speaking, uh, it, it extends far beyond selling. So, so important, all the things that you were just sharing, Greg, and I want to impact them a little bit, unpack them because they are making such an impact. So the last one you talked about though, the, the making, I love the Mount Rushmore. Okay. I get that visual. So money is one of the four. What are the other three? Or what well, might they be? Well, for me, they would be, they could, for me, they can be uh, the, the number of times that I'm engaged uh, to work with other people with other professionals, whether that's through an interview process or co-creating some content, uh, you know, collaborating. So opportunities to collaborate with people that I respect. There's one president. Uh, Feedback that I receive uh, from readers and clients of people telling me and sharing with me how important or valuable my ideas have been for them. There's another president. Uh, The number of positive reviews that I receive and endorsements that I receive. There's another president. And money's right up there with them. Uh, It's not more important than those three things, but I also don't pretend that it's less important than those three things. Right. Because the second we start to pretend it's less, like you said, we're, we're not being honest with ourselves. And of course, it's going to impact that money coming to us. The money's going to say, well, you're, I, I don't think you think I'm as important. So I'll just wait over here. And I yeah. love the other piece of give money more joyously. And, and really, and it's true, right? Like we, I always joke with my husband and other people, if I complain about something, because I follow it with, oh, that's a first world problem, right? Like mm-hmm. first world problems. And we take so much for granted. I know all of you know this, but we, if we don't stop and realize what 
we're paying for when we're paying our bills and the joy that it really does bring us, especially in Minnesota in the middle of winter, you know, a warm mm. house is very important. Having a garage to park in is a luxury. I mean, there's just so many, so many things that we can dismiss because we get caught up and practicing that joy and that gratitude is so important. Greg, do you have any tips on that? Like any ways, other ways? I mean, of course, like constantly just saying it out loud or being in gratitude, but do you do other things to practice um, your gratitude? Well, I, anytime, what I, what works for me is having red light indicators, if you will, fire alarms that I pay attention to. Um, for me, sarcasm, defensiveness, uh, grousing, you know, anytime I'm in a situation where I am sharing money with another entity, uh, I know that I'm prone to, to look at it and, and, and feel it, feel that exchange as something that's being taken from me that I don't want to give. And it, it you know, adjusting my focus is really just as simple on as focusing on what it is that I'm receiving and the fact that I do want that thing. Um, I, I was in the grocery store the other day picking up a few items on the way home. And when I was in the self-checkout, uh, I, it just occurred to me how much I was going to enjoy the things I was buying and even the, the things I wasn't going to personally consume. I was enjoying the fact that I was able to provide them to my family and how much pleasure that gives me. And if, if I can derive not just pleasure, but nourishment and sustenance, uh, you know, basic needs, and all I need to do is exchange money for those things, I think that is, that's a fantastic exchange. And I'm happy to make it. In fact, I'm overjoyed, if you will, to have the opportunity to, you know, exchange money in a loving exchange for things that are so important and valuable. I love it. I love it. Cause there's so many moments, even in the checkout line. Yeah. And just, just, you know, realizing, you know, we're not just at the grocery store grabbing things. We're actually taking things to our families or we're giving them to someone else or we're, we're using them for our benefit and joy. So it's a beautiful, you know, for everyone who's listening, it's, and I love Greg, the way you share, cause you, you really, I can tell just, this is how you live your life. Like you slow down the moments to enjoy them. And even this moment, like you are fully present. And I feel that. And I think that's such a gift that you bring to people. Speaking of gifts, you know, you're an educator, a professional educator. I think of you as a teacher, you're an author, um, you're a coach, you're a consultant, you're helping so many people. And, you know, I, I love all the questions you've already answered, but I know you're going to share some of your own wisdom and strategies that you help people in terms of helping them live an amazing human experience. So Greg, I'm going to turn it over to you for some, some teaching. I'm going to sit back and enjoy and take some notes. So <laughs> what, what do you want to share with our listeners? Oh, well, thanks for the opportunity. And, and thanks for those compliments. I, I really appreciate it. I, I, I do want to tell you that as, as present as I can be in any moment, especially including this moment, uh, my life is more fulfilling and more enjoyable. Uh, and, and I want to go back to that. You know, when we were talking about those two real-time strategies, creating the Mount Rushmore and giving money more joyously, it really, it, those come from a place where uh, it, it's a focus on, 
ourself. And I, I, I want to say that I've got, I've got three things I want to share. They're real simple. They're real direct and they can be very powerful if, if anyone wants to employ them. And they really, they come from a place that is really, I think an indis, undisputable, um, component or foundation of our life. And that is your life belongs to you. Your life is yours. Uh, life belongs to you. You are the one having all your experiences. It makes no difference what anyone else has told you your experiences should be or what you've even told yourself your experiences should be or shouldn't be. You are the one having them, regardless of who or what is influencing you. And of course, people and things influence our experiences. They're still ours. So my strategies, the Mount Rushmore strategy and the giving money joyously strategy come from that point of reference of it's not about changing things outside me. It's about changing me. When I change me, I change the things outside of me because ultimately science is showing us there's no such thing as outside of me. This is all happening within me, just as it is for you, Ursula, and to everyone listening. So in that regard, I've got three simple sequential strategies that can change roadblock level beliefs. These are powerful ways to hack our software, if you will. Uh, we are the software that's running this holodeck that we live in. The first one is this, defensiveness of any amount is a red light indicator that you might have some fear or anger that you're unaware of. Any defensiveness. Now, I don't say that to chide anyone or chastise anyone or say you're doing something wrong. I point that out to say anytime you notice yourself getting defensive, that's an opportunity. It's an opportunity to say, whoa, wait a minute. This is my life. This is happening to me. And I'm feeling defensive. I'm getting defensive. Typically, what I've noticed is that if my defensiveness is centered around anger, there probably is some fear there as well that I can get in touch with and vice versa. If my defensiveness is centered around fear, there's some anger there that I can get in touch with. Now, what does this have to do with selling? Well, let me lead this into the second tip or strategy, and it's this. As much as you will allow yourself to feel as scared or angry as you are, the more control you will have over your state of being. Fear and anger, when it's uh, being denied, when it's laying in a, a dormant state, unprocessed, exerts a tremendous amount of control over our state of being. And that segues into the third strategy, and that is this. The more you can control your state of being, the more control you exert over your state of being, the more you can influence any experience. And that creates those three strategies in that order, create a, a, a very 
beneficial opportunity for us because it's very counterintuitive when I'm feeling angry and that's usually the last time that I want to look at myself because typically or when I'm feeling scared that's usually the last time I want to you know look at me because typically I'm feeling angry for a good reason and I'm feeling scared for a good reason and that good reason is usually something very legitimate and it is so natural for me to point outward and say hey I'm feeling angry this needs to change so that I can stop feeling angry or I'm feeling really scared this needs to change so I can stop feeling so scared and when I say this my fingers pointed out at something it's counterintuitive, but in those moments, that's the defensiveness that can be a red light, a signal for us, a fire alarm that says, wait a minute, Greg, there's defensiveness. Now, that doesn't mean that I, st- I step back and say, oh, you're, Greg, you're wrong for feeling angry or you're wrong for feeling scared. No, I do feel angry and I do feel scared in those moments where I notice the defensiveness. The key is to step back and also say, hey, Is there some fear in here somewhere, if it's anger? Or if it's fear, step back and say, hey, is there some anger in here somewhere? And and to search for that and to get in touch with that, it's amazing how it depersonalizes the emotion. It doesn't negate the emotion, deny the emotion, or stuff the emotion. It actually breathes life into it while it depersonalizes it. And while it may sound strange, getting in touch also with the other emotion really opens us up to solutions and because we're no longer being dictated to by an emotional state we actually can see opportunities much more clearly and when we do that we have so much more influence over any experience that's in front of us it puts us in the present moment it it enlivens us and it, it infuses us with that presence that allows us to be pretty influential architects of the experience that's in front of us. So phenomenal. Thank you for sharing that. And the idea of, you know, when we feel that defensiveness or that anger, it's a red light indicator. So the red light comes up. So I want to unpack this a little bit, Greg. So in that moment, I'm to allow myself to fully feel the anger, the fear, or whatever it is that's showing up. Mm-hmm. And then the more I do this, the more I can access, well, first, the more I can control my state of being, and then the more I can access something else. So, so as you move through this, I know in my own experience, I might get stuck on like, you know, I thought, I thought it went away, or there's some, something that I'm still mad about, and I thought I wasn't mad about, oh, here it comes again. How would you apply this, Greg, to a, like a repeating pattern of of something that annoys us or something that keeps coming up good question or even like in the the world of sales maybe a client that you know in our 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 space we're really helping people really closely and you know we work with humans so things can come up if we're not able to so how, how would you manage that absolutely great question and and i can answer that very simply when there's anger i feel it i mean i recognize it i don't deny it or stuff it and i can do that privately and I also look for fear. So, and, and vice versa. When there's fear, I process it. I don't stuff it. And I also look for anger. So what I would say is something that's repeated, something that doesn't seem to go away, 
that's anger, that's frustration, you know, any iteration of anger, frustration, what have you. What I found is that if you continue to acknowledge that and process that anger feeling and at the same time look for fear. Okay, I am angry. What am I also scared of? What is scaring me right now in addition to making me angry? The trick here, and of course it, it works vice versa. If it's fear predominantly and it keeps coming up like, you know, that first question, you know, what were my limiting beliefs? Well, I was scared to go ask people to buy things. And that kept coming up and kept coming up and kept coming up. So, okay, it's, you know, how do we typically deal with that? Well, let me take the fear head on by positive affirmation or denying it or just pushing myself. And those things can have some limited effectiveness. Uh, I mean, and, and they do have some effectiveness, those techniques. But to solve that, look for the anger that goes along with it. And the, the trick is this, looking when I'm angry, looking for the fear, or when I'm scared, looking for the anger, it forces me to look in a mirror, look at myself, not at how I really feel, not at who I really am, but at where my wounds are. What is creating, remember, life belongs to you. So when I'm creating an unpleasant experience, especially repeatedly, the solution lies within me. So if I focus on the predominant emotion, whether that's anger or fear, I'm going to continue to focus outward. And I really am angry and I really am afraid. I'm not poo-pooing those two emotions. They're real. They're happening. They're responses to stimulus. Solutions, however, occur much more readily when I turn around and look back at myself. And that's why I would say, keep it simple. When the experience is predominantly one of anger, search for fear. When the experience is predominantly one of fear, search for anger. Now, don't deny the anger while searching for fear. Don't deny the fear while searching for anger. Continue to acknowledge those two initial emotional states. Look for the other one depending upon which one you start with. What I would predict is you'll find that your search leads you to a mirror. And in that mirror, some solutions that you probably, in my experience, never imagined would be solutions will arise. Got it. Beautiful. I know this is one that people will listen to, again, just to get that process, especially when they might have be having one of those days where fear or anger is coming up. Greg, I know we don't have lots of time yet, but before you tell us all about you know, how we can get more, I just I wanted you to touch on, on the science piece. And you said this at the beginning, you, know, you just briefly mentioned you know, quantum physics or science, and it's this world within us. But uh, I'm, I'm asking a huge, huge question here. So mm -hmm. if you could sum that up, like, what does that mean? What is the science really telling us? You know, what's one way we can apply that to our lives right now? I mean, of course, you just shared away with us, but it, you didn't mention quantum physics in that, but it, it's all tied together. So what is it? Unpack it. And then one more way we can use it in our businesses or in our lives. Sure. Yeah. Our body, who we are which encompasses energy, encompasses tissue, encompasses systems, encompasses outside stimulus, uh, if you will, seemingly outside stimulus. We're a quantum system within a larger quantum system. We have this experience, this temporary experience of being separate from this field of energy that we're really not separate from. 
it, the illusion is real because this is the experience we're having. And at the same time, the illusion is the illusion. And how we can use that is to say, you know what, this is a, this is a real illusion. This is an ongoing experience that I am having called being this person in this moment, which has lasted quite a long time and hopefully will last quite a bit longer. I'm the one that is having this experience. Life belongs to me. My life belongs to me. Because I'm a quantum system, I know that all the information is being shared in complete synchronization and and much of it beyond my level of conscious awareness i will say that just like many other systems uh our solutions are very often found in in, in counterintuitive methodologies the straightforward approach i would say is the more newtonian physics approach that is I see something wrong over there, I'm going to go over and fix it. And you know what? That works. There is nothing wrong with that, except when it stops working. You know, and if I'm a salesperson and I say, I want to make more sales, I'm making less sales than I want. That's what's wrong. So I'm going to go over there and fix that. Well, that works somewhat, right? But when, what about when it stops working? What do we do? We stop going over there and we start going in here and we start to change us we change the system itself and doing that means letting go of the outward focus and the part that can get very frustrating for people is that the times where i need to let go of the outward focus those are the times when the outward focus is the most compelling the times right. where I most need to let go of the outward focus, those are the times where I'm the most angry or the most scared, where I, where I naturally am blaming something else the most, where I'm being criticized or judged or rejected or what have you. Those are the times. Look for the defensiveness. And in those times, look for the fear if it's anger. Look for the anger if it's fear. In a selling situation or otherwise, you're going to be amazed at the solutions that you find if you practice that one simple thing. Look for anger when there's fear. Look for fear when there's anger. Anytime your experiences are less than satisfying. Thank you. And such a great point about the sales piece of, you know, you can go over there and you have the strategies. And, and it's one of the things we talk about on, you know, in this podcast is the, there are there are real world strategies, but often what we hear from people like you, uh, our guests, is that it's the internal world that shifted first, the belief that shifted, the anger that shifted, that allowed me to see the opportunities that were outside of me. And I think that is the hardest thing for people to grasp and really take in, and which is perfect the perfect question for you is how do we get more? So if people want to go deeper into this learning, Greg, couple of questions. One, is there, um, so can they get on your e-zine? Uh, you know, should they go to their, your website? Where do they get your books? Any other programs or anything else that they could, they could joyously receive from you? Oh, I'd love to have people joyously receiving as, as much as I'm able to give. And to that effect, uh, April 2nd, okay, April 2nd, so I believe it's a Saturday, 
I'm going to give away my new book, The 30-Minute Soulmate, on Amazon for your audience. And, of course, anyone else who you know, happens to, to see it or, or, you know, take advantage of that offer. So April 2nd, I'm going to set up a free giveaway of my new book, The 30-Minute Soulmate. Use it to learn how to exert more influence on any experience. Yes, absolutely. It can improve your experiences with intimacy and connection. That extends beyond the romantic realm. Also, find me on Twitter, at Coon Gregory. Find me on Instagram, uh, Gregory Kuhn, 1967. There's a there's a private Facebook group that people join uh, where they can ask questions and I'll uh, share responses and we can discuss them. There, there are a lot of different options to get in contact with me. Uh, and I would love to have people do that. Start by getting my book for free on the second and then go from there. It's phenomenal. And you meant, so if someone wants to be also part, so for sure, everyone who's listening, get the free book. Come on. Like how easy is that? And then you get more of Greg's work for free. Second, how would, so would they email you directly to become part of the Facebook group or reach out to you through Facebook? There is actually, there is a, um, there's a link on my Twitter uh, and, and on my blog, if people want to go to uh, whyquantumphysicists.com, uh, I think if you just do a Google search for that or you type it in verbatim, you'll come to my blog and there's a page that says start here and there's a link to that, that private Facebook group uh, that people can explore at their own pace. Beautiful. Awesome, Greg. Everyone, you know, you might want to play this back. It'll also be in the notes so you can look at all the different ways to connect with Greg. Grab his free book. I mean, that is a no-brainer. And grab his other books. I mean, they're, they're um, <laughs> the investment for the return. Don't even get me started. Like, it's so inexpensive. And then figure out how to also invest with, with Greg in other ways if you request additional support. Greg, I want to thank you for being here today, for being you, and for what you're doing in the world because it's making a huge difference in so many lives. Right back at you, Ursula. Thank you for the opportunity and thank you for what you're doing. You've inspired me multiple times. You've done it again. Thank you. Awesome. Well, thank you. And thank you for everyone who's listening, who's part of our community. Um, we want to support you any way we can. Um, definitely email me at Ursula, U-R-S-U-L-A at salescoachnow.com if there's anything I can do for you. You can get a free video series, Sales Secrets of the Top 10% at salescoachnow.com. And let us know if you're interested in our next sales camp. If you have questions, you can go to the website, just click on the sales camp button, and there's a place for you to submit an application for us to set up a time to chat with you just to support you in figuring out if now is a great time for you to come to sales camp. So we'd love to support you. Thanks everybody. And make this year your best yet. Thank you for listening to double your sales to get even more information, to take your sales to the next level. Visit us at salescoachnow.com. That's salescoachnow.com. Join us again next week to learn how to double your sales. Oh,